episode six of the Broken Glass podcast, getting your start in the music industry with Natalie Morrison. You're listening to the Broken Glass podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass podcast. Today's episode features Natalie Morrison, marketing and PR coordinator for Diodario and Company. We talk interning and freelancing, NAM, the music products industry, networking, connecting with other women, and so much more. We had a lot of technical issues with recording of this episode. Technology just was not on our side, so my apologies from the get-go if things sound a little bit odd. But before we jump in, it's been a hard week here in Southern California. I live about 25 miles from Thousand Oaks, and we woke up Thursday morning to the heartbreak of the borderline bar shooting, only to end the day with the start of the Hill and Woolsey fires. It's been absolutely devastating, and it isn't over yet. If you're interested in supporting those affected by the fires, I'll link to a list of organizations accepting donations in the show notes. As always, the Red Cross and United Way are accepting donations, as well as the LAFD Foundation at www.supportlafd.org. All right, welcome to the Broken Glass Podcast, Natalie. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to talk to you. So um, we actually kind of have a connection. You interned at Alfred Music, where I work full-time. Yes. Yeah. And I I think I remember meeting you. (laughs) Yeah. I think we started the very same time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was was close to it anyway. Um, So tell me a little bit about yourself, what you're doing now, um, and I guess a little bit about your backstory. So I was basically raised in a musical family. Um, Both my parents work in music in some form. My mom is a music teacher and my dad has worked in in and out of different aspects of the music industry um, for many different companies and now runs his own arts education research company. So I learned a lot growing up about that industry and uh, I always had just a really great sense and interest in wanting to continue music as my career, but I knew I didn't want to do any sort of performance or music education. So I thought that going the business route would be the smarter way for me. Um, So I went to school for, uh, my major was called Integrated Marketing Communications at Ithaca College, and I minored in music. And I wanted to do more of a broad major so that I can then tailor all my experiences specifically to the music industry while still getting a well-rounded education in marketing and communications. Okay. And, and that was what interested you that, that um, your parents were in, in music. Um, was there yeah. anything else that kind of drew you to it? Well, I mean, they didn't force my brother and I ever to go down music um, as our career path, but they wanted us to be involved in our music programs uh, throughout um, our primary and secondary education. 
And I just fell in love with it. It just became a part of my life that pretty much kind of defined who I was. And I knew I wanted to continue on that passion of mine in a way that I could potentially even give back to the industry that has done just so much for me growing up. Yeah. So, so was the, the internship at Alfred, was that kind of your next step? And then was that before or after graduation? That was before graduation. Uh, the communication school that I was in has a satellite campus in Los Angeles. And uh, I applied to do a semester, um, quote unquote, abroad. It was a semester abroad and part of the curriculum was to have um, an internship as basically like that was your job. Um, and then you attended like a couple of classes. So I um, had Alfred as my primary primary internship, but then also uh, for a week in January, I interned with the NAM show and I worked uh, the show in Anaheim. What did you do there? That that sounds like a really awesome opportunity. I was on their PR team. So, and I've done it for five shows um, where I get to work with the incoming media. And uh, some years I did a lot of social media. So I would post about all the upcoming events, um, musical performances, tech tracks, um, just any sort of event that was going on or who was at the NAM show. So like if Stevie Wonder was walking around, like I would post about that. Um, and then, then this past year, uh, what I did with them was quote gathering. Um, and I got to speak with a lot of exhibitors and, um, any other attendees about their experience and why coming to NAM is a big deal and what they look forward to it every year. Um, and that was really interesting just to kind of see the perspective of the show from the exhibitor and the attendee rather than just like the media. Right. And there's so many. It's such a huge show um, for listeners who don't really know about it. Um, it's all music products <laughs> all across the board. So that's such a great <laughs> opportunity for you to see, you know, for everything from a drum to, you know, DJ setups and, and everything. Yeah. And my dad, when I f- first got to college, I my first show was my sophomore year of college. And my dad's been attending the show for years and years and years. So I've kind of always known what it was, but this was my first, that was my first year attending. And it was just such a great way to kind of like throw myself into the industry and really network and learn more about what I was interested in and what I would consider or what I wouldn't consider going down like in my career. So I just, I just thought that that that's like the center of the industry in certain aspects. So it was definitely a huge help kind of exposing me to that side of the industry. Yeah. Well, now they have all the the workshops too and the the panels and, and everything. Yeah, you know, just when you go, just take, you know, I always try to take advantage of at least something like that. Yeah. If you if, if you don't learn something from Nam, you did something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's kind of my like mentality is like you take every year you learn something new. Exactly. Yeah. It's just 
I remember the first time being just so overwhelmed. I walked in and I was like, okay. <laughs> like everyone had told me it was going to be big, but you know, the one in Anaheim, it was like, whoa, <laughs> this yeah. is, this is crazy. And and now I've kind of learned as each year goes on. Okay. Cause I go as an um, attendee. I don't go as the exhibitor. I have to stay in the office. Um, so I go on the weekend, you know, and it's, I've learned my path. Okay. What do I want to see? Where do I want to go? What, workshop the first time yeah, it was just everything gotta, like, and I think I walked like really 11 miles that day <laughs> but yeah no I think NAMS for anybody who wants to kind of see the music products industry it's it's a great place to start yeah because everything is there at your fingertips yeah so now now today you work for uh Didario yes um I am a f- freelancer um for them I started off as actually an intern. So it was like my first real kind of job uh, after I graduated. And then it transitioned into freelance. Um, But I do uh, media and PR. um, And I'm dabbled a little bit on the social media side of it. So I do a little bit of everything over there, which is awesome because I'm learning new things every day and new programs. And it's been a great tool and a great learning environment for me. It's interesting that they, for those, sorry, those positions, do they typically hire in freelance or is it just, that's how it worked out with you? You just transitioned from intern to, to freelance for them? Yeah, that, that kind of was my pathway with them. Um, and it has the potential to turn, um, into full time. Um, it just depends. It just depends on like hiring rate and things going on within the company. Um, but being a freelancer, I still feel like a full time employee, which is really nice. Um, and I feel like a part of the team, and it's been really great. Yeah. So, do your day to day as as a freelancer with them? Um, you go in like a, a regular full time employee would, like a nine to five or, or something like that. Yep. Um, I go in every day from probably like 9.30 to 6. And my day-to-day is very different. Um, I have some of the same things that I do um, where I check in on certain projects that I'm working on. But for the most part, I'm either writing press releases or I'm working on analyzing uh, data for reports with um, our digital ads um, and also how our social media is doing um, on the, I've been working with the percussion platform. So Evans Drumheads, Promark Drumsticks, and Diderio Percussion, which is kind of the marching band side of Evans and Promark. So I've been kind of managing those platforms for the interim um, as they were looking to hire a new uh, percussion social media strategist. So I really got to kind of see the inner workings of the percussion world um, and how social media works with those audiences because both are very different audiences and between each platform, certain content does better than something else that you might think would work. Right. Yeah. So you have to, you know, kind of figure out where your target market is and and how to, to appeal to them. 
So I, I noticed that you you did some work with um, the Women's International Music Network. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that and, and what you do with them? Because that sounds like a really like awesome and just informative kind of, of uh, position. Yeah. Um, so when I graduated from college, just a little backstory, I was struggling to kind of figure out what I to get a full time job and. I had to, I was getting interviews and I was applying to tons of jobs and I was making it to a number of different rounds for a bunch of different companies, but I could just never like close that door. And it was getting really frustrating. So I realized that I needed to take a different approach in how I got into the industry um, in some sort of way. And I met uh, the founder of the Women's International Music Network, Laura Whitmore, my first year at NAM, I volunteered at their She Rocks Awards. Um, and I helped them like gather social media content for the award show. So I always kind of had Laura in my network. And I reached out to her when, after I graduated just to kind of get some advice from another woman who works in the industry on how to get my foot in the door and if she knew of any opportunities. And we had a phone conversation and she asked me if I wanted to help her promote um, an event they were doing at the cutting room in New York City uh, called Girls Night Out. And she was struggling to get tickets sold within the New York market because she's based out of Boston and I think she's in LA now. Um, so she asked me if I wanted to do that and I agreed. So I helped kind of find other places to promote the event and try to get as many people to attend the event as possible. And then I actually worked the event and I helped with just check-in and kind of making sure, sure the event like went smoothly and stuff like that. So that was pretty much my involvement with the Women's International Music Network. But I love the work that she does. I think it's very inspirational, especially for us women like in this industry. And um, I was really honored to be a part of that group for the short time that I was. Yeah. And that's something, you know, that's why I started up this podcast and, and my, my blog and that because you know, we just, I think as women in the industry, we really need that kind of support. And that's really cool that she, you know, you reached out to her and she had you, you know, help her out with something. And, and I think more and more now we need to start supporting each other rather than competing against each other. I agree with you. Um, what, what else do they do? Like I, I've, I've heard of She Rocks, um, but I, I'm not all that familiar with, with her group. For the most part, like the She Rocks Awards have, like that is like kind of the big event that they do every year just to honor women in the industry. Uh, they recently, recently actually just announced a project about um, an album release called Girl. Um, and it's an album written by women for women. Um, and it's coming out soon, I believe. But her whole thing is just supporting 
women in the industry and kind of giving them a voice. Yeah, I think I heard about they, that album. Yeah. It's really, I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, because it was, wasn't it meant, um, uh, it was a mom had realized that a lot of the music out there wasn't really, not not really suitable for her daughter, but just a lot of the messages in the music today, you know, aren't very empowering to women. And I, I think that, that was the, the theory behind it, correct? I think, I'm not entirely sure to be quite honest. I think if that's, if that's the um, same one, I think that was like the, the background to it. And I thought that was such a cool idea, you know, these girls, you know, says, are listening to radio and <laughs> hearing stuff that's yeah. not great for women. Well, I just looked it, looked it up and it's an, it's a collection of inspiring radio friendly pop songs that girls will love and all will enjoy. Um, and it features a lot of different artists. So Nita Strauss, um, from Alice Cooper, Mindy Abair, um, the Command Sisters. Um, yeah. So I think I think it's definitely something that's much needed. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you had a lot of support when you were entering um, music, you know, from your, your family and then um, you know, from the women, you know, involved with NAM and 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 this um Women's International Music Network. Um, did you ever feel any resistance when you were, um, other than, you know, kind of everybody struggling to, to find a job, um, which I experienced as well. Um, did you ever find any resistance entering, entering the music industry and especially music products? Yeah, yes and no. I think the biggest thing for me when I was job hunting was I didn't have enough experience and I like it it was very frustrating for me just because every year in college like I tried to have some sort of internship that gave me that experience so that I wouldn't necessarily be in that position and yet I was still put in that position of oh well you just graduated you don't really know anything I never really felt resistance within the music products industry. I feel like the music products industry is very welcoming. Um, I felt a lot more of the resistance on the record side of the industry. Because uh, a lot of the jobs that I would apply for were at Warner or Universal or Sony. Um, and I, I was literally applying for everything that I could find that was <laughs> some sort of marketing or PR related. Um so I applied to a lot of jobs at Warner and Universal and all of those companies. And I just, for some reason, like I just could not seem to get noticed. It, and it really is. I know it's all about like who you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I remember I had some sort of conversation with someone who worked at Warner who was an Ithaca grad. And he was just like, yeah, like it's really all about who, you know, and like they're really specific as to who they look for in these job descriptions. So you don't, if you don't have experience in this, like one little section, then they're not going to hire you or they're not even going to give you a chance. So that's the kind of resistance that I saw. Um, as I was looking. Yeah, I went through the same kind of thing before I um, got the job at Alfred. Um, I'd been applying and applying and, you know, to 
jobs in New York and Nashville and, and LA. And I grew up in New Jersey, so I was really close to New York. <laughs> and it yeah. took it took going to grad school and then, you know, applying to Alfred for me to finally get something in the industry. And um, but I felt the same way. I actually kept a spreadsheet of all the jobs that applied to. And oh it was, yeah, the, for like four or five years, it was just, it was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, I, actually, I felt the same thing as you did. I actually had, now that I'm thinking back about it, because I remember I just had to block the conversation out of like my brain because it was just so ridiculous to me. I reached out to some of, I think it was like a hiring network. Um, they were like a job placement company and I like applied to be like on their like short list of people. Like if they had any, they saw any jobs in the, like in the industry or whatever industry or whatever, um, with my skill set, and they had my resume on file so they could just like kind of send me like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like an, I guess a quote unquote interview with someone who worked for the company just to kind of get to know me a little bit more and like what I was interested in. And I told him like, I really want to work in the music industry. Like this is something that I've been working towards for for years and something I'm very passionate about. And his response to me was, um, well, going after what you're passionate for is really difficult and if you ever give up, you should just consider other industries. What? And I was, <laughs> yeah, and I was sitting there like, are you really giving me this advice right now? <laughs> like, you're telling me not to pursue my path? And he went on to tell this story about how he's always wanted to work in sports and then he never really made it into the sports industry. So now he's here and he just gave up. And I was like, well, don't tell me that. Like, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep pushing. Yeah, I'll make it. If it's your passion, you know, just keep driving, right? Yeah. So that was very strange to be told to like, if you will, if you ever give up, <laughs> like, it's like, thanks for the words of encouragement. I really appreciate it. Wow. Yeah. So in, just as women, we need to. That's. I think that's why it's so important now that we connect and we collaborate, and you know we support each other through our different projects, you know, because that kind of advice is just, it's awful. Like <laughs> to be completely it honest, really is. especially someone who is just like, just got out of college. They're trying to figure out their lives and their next step. And you have this random person who's taking the time to get to know you better to kind of help place you be like, no, <laughs> I'm I'm glad you didn't listen to him. <laughs> I would have. Yeah, I'm very thankful I didn't yeah. either. I think I upset a lot of people if I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of shifting gears a little bit here. Um, what what are you looking forward to in the future? I know you said that the position could potentially, you know, become permanent. Um, is there anything else you're kind of looking? Are you going to be helping out with Nam again this year, or what's what's uh what's your next couple of years look like? I know. I'm not really entirely sure if I will be at NAM. I haven't crossed that bridge yet. I would like to. I love NAM. And I get a lot of crazy eyes at me when I say that, which is funny, but I just, I thrive in the hustle and the bustle over there. But I, I, for the next couple of years, I kind of just want to 
make a change and like start making a change in the industry and be part of that change and kind of help and give back and kind of, I don't, I don't know the best way to phrase it because it changes every day and you never know where life's going to take you. Exactly. And that's kind of how I live my life. But I know that I want to be in the change and I want to see this industry shift to be um, more welcoming and more inclusive to women um, on all aspects and all parts of the industry, not just products, but also on the record side, because there's been so much backlash just within this past year with the Grammys and just kind of going forward. So I really would love to just kind of be a part of that and be in that uh, community of people to help make those changes. Yeah. And I, I think groups like, you know, the Women's International and, um, there was one that I was told about, uh, is it Swim? Smart, Smart Women in Music, I think it's called. Um, I yeah, have those created by the NAMM. Yeah. So there's just, there's a lot of groups that are really starting to pop up that, you know, you can become a part of and join that, um, that narrative. Yeah. And, and help that. Yeah. And that's, you know, what I'm, I'm trying to do too. I really want to point out that women were working in the industry. We're here. What what kind of resources um, other than the kind of the networks we've talked about? What resources would you recommend for uh, other women looking to start in the industry as a whole, and then as you know, to in, in the kind of the music products industry? Well, besides the platforms that I mentioned, honestly, finding and networking with as many people as possible, attending event like local events, and really trying to kind of put your name out there and put yourself out there. Um, was a big thing for me. I know there's another group that I'm looking into joining called Women in Music. I think they have chapters like all over the country, actually. But I'm going to look into joining the New York chapter. And they do a lot of networking events. And um, it's just a giant network of women who work together. And they'll post jobs and, I guess, housing and advice, um, anything you need to kind of get yourself in that door. So I think that's something that I'm definitely going to look into and I think other women should look into as well. But my biggest advice that I was always taught was to just network and find those um, out those outlets. And I think NAM is a really big thing. Even if you don't go to the Anaheim show, if you just go to the Nashville show, NAM is starting to really kind of amp up women's networking events. They had one last year. I wasn't able to attend it, but I know that they had one last year. And just, yeah, just really network and really mingle and reach out to other women to get advice. Yeah, and it's, I, I know for me, it's networking has always been like, do they have to? <laughs> yeah, but, no, but like, you know, now that I've gotten, become more comfortable with it, you can, I can definitely see how it, it's beneficial and why people say that's what you have to do. Yeah, because like when you meet someone and you like, have a connection with them and you still continue to keep in touch with them, like they can help you down the line. Right. Which is kind of what happened with Laura. Cause I met her briefly and I helped her out as a volunteer for the She Rocks Awards back in like 2015, I think. And then a couple years later, like after I reached back out to get advice, she kind of put her hand out for me and was like, let's continue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, what can you do to help them? And then what will they do to help you kind of thing? Yeah. And also, I had someone, there's a PR firm, uh, Giles Communications, and uh, one of their biggest clients is Yamaha. And the president, CEO of Giles, 
I've met him throughout my years at NAM, and he offered to give me some sort of part-time freelance position with his company for, I think I worked with him for like three months back um, in like from February to May um, on his team. And just those like little hand gestures of just like, yeah, like I'll help you. Like, here's like a little foot in the door, see what you can do. I'm very grateful for. Yeah, those are so important today for for any any position, I think, in the industry, whether it's where we work in music products or records or publishing, distribution, whatever, whatever you're you're looking for. Yeah. All right. So one last question. Um, do you have any favorite books or podcasts that inspire you? I I don't have any books. I mean, I have like my like music business Bible <laughs> <laughs> from school that I still reference. Um, honestly, for advice and just kind of like industry news and what's happening, I really turn to the Women's International Music Network, their Instagram, they're always posting inspirational things and constantly posting about new things going on in the industry. And I follow a lot of like music blogs, like Pitchfork and Fader and Spin billboard yeah I the whim is probably like the biggest one that I really like turn to and I look at for what's going on in the industry and just inspirational things to like push me forward um being a woman in this industry yeah I know for me too seeing um what other women are doing and how they're succeeding too that's always been very inspirational for me to keep pushing forward and you know it is possible so I'll have to start um following them yeah yeah, no, it's an awesome and it's an awesome organization. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll link to them in uh, in our show notes here, um, so all the listeners can can take a look and start following them as well. Okay. Yeah, well, thank you so much, Natalie. This was awesome. I'm glad I got to to talk yeah. to you despite all the the glitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me. This has been really fun. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass podcast. If you like the show and want to know more visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.